0: hey guys welcome to this in your ears jukebox special with danny mcmahon
1: there's a big old world out there seen a million towns from north to south but none of them compare to you there's a big old sky seen a million lights lighting up the night, but none of them shine bright as you. I spent a lot of time trying to find something I didn't need. Cause I got the best of every single city sitting right here with pretty, you're everything I need, you're my kind of city There's people everywhere with different styles and all kinds of smiles, but none of them compare to you You got me buzzing like NYC down on Broadway. Through a small town, Tennessee whiskey and me. You got me high like the sun off the coast of Morocco. Your paris pretty, you're everything I need. You're my kind of city.
0: Danny Hey, how's it going? How's it going, man? You okay? Yeah, yeah, good bro. How are you? I'm good. So Danny, you scooped three awards last year at the UK Country Music Awards. Uh, And officially you are the biggest uk country
2: artist around <laughs> yeah mate it's uh it's pretty crazy like that last year was was mad uh you know for, for all that stuff it was sort of you know there's been a few bits sort of like creeping up to that point but everything just sort of really clicked i think last year it was obviously like the first year that i'd kind of you know reached this point where sort of like you know people were involved i had a team of people working with me and we sort of uh you know as i say it was uh you know, it, it, it kind of got to that point where we, we, you know, we were doing it full time out on the road, pretty much. I think we did like 125 shows, something like that, last year. Uh, and then it all just clicked. As I say, you know, I, th- I think you know, with when we released "When I See You" and that going to number one, sort of like just before the start of 2019, was the moment where it all started to, to say managed to to fit in place. And it just got it, it got really exciting. And as I say, we were we were suddenly, you know, it, it happened pretty quickly, to be honest. As I say, we were sort of, you know. We, we, playing shows all all over the UK, all over all over Europe and then in the States as well. It all just it was a, a very exciting one. And that night in particular was uh, very, very surreal indeed.
0: I can imagine, yeah. And 125 shows, that's really old school. That's like, you know, you're talking a, a gig every three nights on average, aren't you, for the whole year? Yeah, basically. So where were your fate? So you were telling us then, all over the UK, into Europe and then out into the States. Can you pick one from each of those territories to uh to tell me about American oh yeah gig.
2: yeah man of course of course um for me my favorite uk show was uh uk country music festival in blackpool uh that was Ooh, nice. yeah it's a winter garden so it was a really like really like hot venue like it was, it's was so, so spectacular like you know i mean, so being a producer myself a lot of myself stuff is self-produced and like just to hear sort of like the the kind of what you have in your head is a the reality of a live show, sort of, uh, come to life in a big venue like that was uh, was was really special. Um, yeah, I think, it's I think, I think venue. It's, yeah, man. I think as an indoor venue, it was one of the, one of the biggest I'd done doing, you know, as a country artist, and it was just nice to nice to see everything come to fruition there. Really, uh, so that that was pretty special. Um, Europe, I've. I would say my favourite one was probably when we did the Vergara Festival in Italy. That was really cool. A place I never thought I'd end up <laughs> playing country music, but they have this really? awesome festival there. Yeah, well, people, Where, Whereabouts in Italy? It was a place called Vergara, which is like about an hour south of Milan, basically. So we, Ooh, we flew nice into man. Milan and uh, got a train into literally the back of beyond. It was just kind of like nothing around. We are like, surely this can't be it. But then we got picked up and taken to this basically... This like cattle ranch in the middle of nowhere, where uh, they set <laughs> up this like huge uh, festival, and people come from all over Europe. There's people from Slovakia, Slovenia, France, Spain, yeah, you name it. They'd all they'd all come to do uh, to, to to this to this amazing country festival, um, and that was a that was that was an amazing experience. Hot, very hot. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think it was like playing for an hour and a half in like 38 degrees of heat was uh, yeah. was, an, was an interesting one, but they did, they did it great. Like they had an, uh, we had like an award show the night before that we went to as well. We were nominated for band of the year as well, so before that, so that was a, a great night. Um, and I'm going to yeah, ask um, my my girlfriend. She's Italian. She's from North of Milan, so I'm going to have to ask you about that place. Okay yeah yeah it's really cool as I say it's just a place that you wouldn't expect somewhere like that to be but uh, it's uh, it's incredible everything's sort of like to, uh, even like throughout the year they've got like this like massive sort of like bar restaurant thing that's all like cowboy themed um, <laughs> which is quality yeah. And they, they've built like a theme park next to it as well which is called Cowboy Land I'm just like I can't believe I'm in the middle of Italy right now this is crazy but uh, <laughs> that, that's like the best bit about touring man you just end up in these places that you think you know you're never going to end up uh, End up being in and uh, experience the things that you do, and then you end up end up there. And that's it? Yeah. Isn't it? like I mean, that's the yeah. best thing about
0: traveling—just sort of experiencing things that you would, you know, that you wouldn't normally expect. Absolutely,
2: but, mate. Absolutely, yeah. Mate. To be
0: uh, to be out there on the road and playing the tunes as well. How about the
2: states then? Oh, it's really hard to call it in the states because I play loads of different types of shows over there. Obviously, you have like the you have the writers rounds. Um, For me, it's an interesting one because the one that I've done that everyone would sort of have the go to was like, and it was like doing it was so surreal. I got to play at the Bluebird Cafe in Nashville and that was, uh, yeah, and that was, uh, yeah, that was like a real like surreal experience sort of like being there and like I was so pumped on adrenaline. I kind of don't really remember much of it, Um, but like that was really cool. But actually my favourite writers round I did in Nashville was at a place called uh, Belcourt Taps, which I made like loads of buddies off the back of it um i've done a bunch of co-writes with the guys that i met there that night and that was just that was it was a totally different kind of atmosphere it was a lot more pumped it was a lot more buzzing. there was a lot more energy to it um and i really loved that and then but i think if i had to boil it down um i would go for the last show that one of the last shows i did in the states which was just before the lockdown which was in february we got to play in uh, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. Uh, it was a last-minute thing. We were already there playing a few shows. Um, we had a bunch of shows in Pennsylvania, and then we were headed over to New York. But just before we went to New York, we got asked last minute to do this show. They were like, "Look, we've had this like this 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 band, this pretty big band, pull out, but we've got all, all these people coming anyway. Do you want to come and fill in the slot?" I was like, "Well, yeah, whatever. We might as well, you know, when when in Rome, so to speak." And, uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We, we rocked up, man. <laughs> and it's like it was this massive <laughs> venue. It was about you know. It was sort of like the the other side. We were playing as part of this festival anyway, so some people kind of knew about what we were doing and who we were, And uh, but we ended up playing to about 600 people, and there's, like, you know, these people in the the front who, like, travelled for miles, just who, like, knew the words to the songs, and for me, that was, like, such a surreal experience to go to the other side of the world, and there's people who have travelled, like, you know, thousands of miles to come and watch you play. That was just like such a mental, mental experience. And then to sort of like play all the covers that, you know, I play I I love and we play back here, but a lot of the time people don't know them. But to them it's sort of like you know, the equivalent of playing Sweet Caroline over here, you know, and everyone just goes, like, mad for it. So, yeah. Um, like, yeah, it was uh, it was wicked. That, that was a real, real experience to, to say, play to that many people and have, uh, you know, so many people, as I say, over in the States, digging the music and, you know, knowing the original songs, that's always a special feeling. That must have been an
0: amazing feeling as well, then, if... So yeah. you stepped in at the last minute and people were still singing your songs back to you. Yeah, so man, it was... We're expecting it was... to sing someone
2: else yeah yeah this is it this is it they're expecting another artist and you know as i say we've just been played a few shows sort of like throughout the weekend and obviously people were sort of like you could see that progression of people sort of uh buying into the music and coming along to all the shows and you know i say we've done that in other places as well where we will play like four or five you know song we did the same in sweden um and we had like a, a, a core group of people who would literally come to every show and sing every word to every song and i was just like that's just insane it's such a great feeling
0: imagine so so
2: let's take it back to
0: the start then how did you uh how did
2: you get into country music oh mate for me like it it was a really interesting one actually so like my first sort of introduction to what i would sort of like you know call country music to me was my parents playing it when i was younger like obviously my my dad like loved loved the eagles uh but then also play things like you know your your obvious ones like your your glenn campbells and Yeah. yeah um for well, that kind of stuff, I love the Eagles. Yeah, the Eagles, I think, are the best band of all time, personally. I went, yeah, yeah. them
0: In oh, Manchester it's... a couple of years ago, and uh, yeah. Don Henley introduced, obviously, sadly, uh, Glenn Frey is no longer with us. But Don Henley introduced Glenn Frey, and he said, uh, "Playing the electrified guitar from Detroit, Michigan,
2: Mister Glenn." Love <laughs> it, it. <laughs> love it yeah oh man yeah they, they were special they were spe- really Very special, special. bands Um for me that was yeah as i say i just fell in love with it it had everything like obviously as a songwriter and a singer and a guitar player like they had sort of everything that i needed you know to to, to my for, for, for my ear and uh i just kind and of, of that, that's when. yeah all those harmonies are stunning you know as i said there's 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 nothing like it nothing like it man they were they were, they were superb they had the whole lot um and yeah for me that kind of was sort of my 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 basic understanding of it and then sort of i was introduced for like but for me the song that sort of really turned it around for me was um letter for me by letter to me by brad paisley um, that was yeah. what really sort of like captured what country music was about for me and I was doing a lot of commercial pop writing at the time for sort of other artists and other people and I kind of thought, nah, I want to be doing that, like that's the kind, that that for me is songwriting and music at its best and that was just like one thing led to another um, and that was led to my sort of my journey of writing as a as a country writer and then it took a little bit longer to uh, sort of be egged on enough to go out and do it as an artist. So when did you first start doing it as an artist then? Uh, it was about three years ago now. Um, yeah. So I got, basically, I went to C2C 2017 um, and I remember the moment I saw Chase Bryant play to about a third full room at about half past 11 in the morning um, at the Indigo, at the O2 Arena. Uh, I'd heard his stuff and I was like, I really like this guy. And he's like, he's, you know, he's not like the most well-known artist in the world, but I, see, I watched him play and I was like, It's so real, it's like so authentic, but the melodies and the energy was all there, like everything I love in the live performance. And I thought, yeah, no, do you know what? I want to do that. I want to do that. I feel like, you know, as I say, it would be nice to offer something to the world going and doing it that way because it's so personal, it's so real. Um, So I went home and I wrote just like about five or six songs that were sort of relevant to me rather than writing for other people. Um, and that's and just I did, yeah. yeah, man, and you and know, like,
0: me- like you say, it's personal to you. You've been writing for other people, but you decided, no, this is, this is me as an artist. This is what I want to go and do.
2: Yeah, man. It, and that, was a, that was a nice moment. It was, it was weird because obviously I, was, I was still in like a, a pop band at the time. So it was kind of like a sort of a, a side project for fun that I just went in with my mate who's, a, who's a, like a, re- a, re- a really you know, hot producer. Um, he was like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's do it for Laugh. And we were sort of like getting into country music. Um, we put it out and it just went from one thing to another really. It got picked up in the States within about two months of the first single coming out. Um, And then we got asked to go and play a festival out there with the band, sort of, as I say, three months after the the first release. And that kind of, that was it from there, really. It's like, well, this is kind of, you know, things are coming in thick and fast. And I sort of like dropped everything else I was doing and uh, to pursue this.
0: Wow. So you've also worked with loads of musicians over that sort of three year period and before writing from other musicians, and you were invited to write and record. With five-time Grammy nominated and twenty-seven-time Dove nominated songwriter and producer Billy Smiley, can you yeah. tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, so that was a, that was a mad journey, really. Like <laughs> it, it was. So the first time we got invited to the states, we ended up being invited to uh, play Springboard Festival in uh, in San Diego, um, and I basically. I knew all about Billy, obviously, being you know he's based in Nashville and the guys that he's worked and written with, and like, it's, like he's got such a massive catalog. Um, and I just basically had to stand in front of him and, and pitch him my song. And he was like, he was like, "So like you're British, but you're doing modern country music." I was like, "Yeah." And he just went, "It worked for Keith Urban, so let's see what you got." I was like, "Oh my." goodness like talk about putting me under pressure i was like <laughs> no <laughs> pressure at all then. i was so scared anyway um and then he goes and drops that one on me he was like i dig it and he just kind of he just kind of looked at me he was like i dig it it's cool like and i didn't really say too much more and then i the night after that there was like this big party um i was like mad jet lagged um so i just was like i was asleep in bed and then my drummer comes to me he was like Danny, wake up. I was like, what are you about? He's like, Billy Smiley wants to have a meeting with you now. I was like, now it's like 10 o'clock at night. Um, he was like, yeah, Billy Smiley wants to have a meeting with you. Was like, all right, fair enough. He's like, And I just I went down to this party where it was happening and he just clapped me on the shoulder. He's like, I want to see you at my hotel at uh, nine o'clock tomorrow morning. I was like, okay cool <laughs> um so yeah i you know strut along to uh to, to meet him he's there looking, looking you know the cool dude that he always is and he was just like i want to bring you to nashville i want to start writing with you uh i want to start putting some ideas together i want to get you know writing and playing a couple of shows i was like wow okay he was just like he, he was just like he was he was, he was really he said it was sort of like really fresh for him to have sort of like a, a, british, a british person do a modern country music that was uh That he thought was relevant for you know the the us market and for for me that was like the biggest compliment ever really i mean you know anything more than that's a a plus at the end of the day um so that was a yeah that was a hell that was a hell of a journey it was like three months before that i was you know you know fitting shoes in sports direct basically so (laughs) so it all happened (laughs) (laughs) happened quickly really um so yeah it was it was it was mad so yeah I met him in the January and then in the September I was in this like insane studio in in Nashville with with him and you know playing with these these great session players where sort of like all my heroes had made records and it was a phenomenal experience I I'll, I I'll, I'll, ne- I'll never forget that and I say we we're, we're, we're still talking now so uh fingers crossed uh, one day we'll be able to get back to Nashville and uh, you know as I say finish off some of the stuff we started
0: Wow, that's some pathway then. So from size 12, 90 ends in sports (laughs) diadectomy. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. A baptism of fire, but like you say, that just must have, and especially considering, you know, you've been involved in the music industry before, writing for other people, and you made, you know, you made this decision that this is what I want to do, and then you're in Nashville with, you know, somebody like... Like really uh, smiley, amazing.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 really it's 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 weird, man. Like you know, you you watch it on the movies, and it's always like you know, in my opinion, sort of like super like uh, over romanticized, shall we say, and then sort of like you know, but when you're actually living it and you're in it, you kind of don't have time to sort of go, oh wow, this just happened. Like it's just kind of it, it, you don't so you kind of like expect those things to happen, and suddenly you feel. Like, uh, I don't know, everything changes and you're a completely different person, and X, Y, Z. But actually, it's kind of cool when it do- when those things do start to happen because it kind of gives you the p- perspective of, oh, yeah, you know, this is great and this is amazing and, you know, I'm loving every minute of it. And, you know, you ask, you know, do some days li- live your dream, but at the same time, everything is sort of like, you know, I think it's important to stay humble and stay real and sort of uh, just like t- you know, take it all in step by step, really.
0: Yeah, of course it is. Of course it is. So, would you like to tell us a little bit more about the first track that we're going to play tonight, which is Hold Tight, Sit Still. And this was released by Casey Bovey and co-written by you.
2: Yeah, this was a really cool one. So, um, I wrote this with Kelsey sort of, um, I think it was about the second song we wrote together. Um, And we sort of just, as I say, we started throwing ideas around the table. I think she just had a had a naff time with a with a boyfriend i think she was broken up with a boyfriend at the time and she just sort of said to me she was like this is what i'm going through this is the vibe that i'm feeling which is often like how i like to start you know when i do co-writes with artists i'd be like you know what is it you want to say i think that's always one of the most important things you can uh, you can do and uh, came out with this came out with a vibe and obviously got to got to produce it sort of about uh, a year later so uh, with my buddy andrea Succi. so uh and then this and this is where we got to. So it's a, it's a great song. She did really well with this EP. Went to number one in the UK country charts as well. So uh, yeah, couldn't be happier for her. Lovely. Okay, then. Do you want to introduce it? Yeah, why not? This is Kelsey Bovey, and this is Hold Tight, Sit
3: Still. Hi guys, Kelsey Bovey here. This next track you are going to hear is off my latest EP called Not Skied Anymore, which hit number one in the UK country iTunes charts. Danny and I wanted to express the conversation you would have with someone who has treated you wrong, and telling them what they've missed out on, and making them aware that this shouldn't happen again to anyone else. This is called Hold Tight, Sit Still, and I hope you love it. You got me twisted I don't know what's right or wrong You made me non-existent I could tell I wasn't the only one I could see inside your head When you said she's just your friend I wish you were better I wish we could forget her And on the outside I can tell you're just a pretty face And now I'm sad here on cloud nine Watching you, wish you could erase the Mistakes that you made you're Better, but you wish you never.
0: full song and up next running from the rain by bob fitzgerald
2: yeah um so i got actually funny enough it was uh it was that the first time i heard from bob was uh when i was in nashville at the studio with billy and i got um i got sent a message from bob he was like you know i've heard you're doing cool things with country music in the uk i was just wondering if you could listen to my songs and see if we can go anywhere and I already dug it, and I said to him, I was like, look, I'm back in about a month, let's just, you know, as I say, just meet up, hang out, and bring some demos along with you. And the one that really stood out for me, played me a ton of demos, and the one that really stood up for me was uh, Running From The Rain. I just thought it had a really, really cool vibe, really exciting, so uh, we put this out. Um, with, uh, with the guys at Puzzle Maker that I work with. Um, and this was, uh, this was his lead single. And uh, as, as again, we absolutely smashed it, absolutely smashed it with this one.
4: Hey, this is Bob Fitzgerald and you're listening to Danny McMahon's Country Jukebox on In Your Ears Radio. The next track is one of mine, it's Running From The Rain. It's the lead single from a debut EP released in April of this year, produced at Puzzle Maker Studios alongside Danny and the wonderful Andrea Succi. This country rocker of a track tells the tale of heading on down the highway when times get tough turn it up and drive, it's running from the rain.
0: okay so next up on this very special in your ears music presents danny mcmahon's country jukebox we're going to listen to a track called her name's december by martha danny do you want to tell us more about this one
2: yeah so uh, i've been working with martha sort of as a songwriting mentor for a, for a period of time now uh i got to produce this record we went to this really cool place in uh this massive uh Hall in uh, in West London um, and record this just to get like the right sound because it's very piano based and got a beautiful sound off a big grand piano in the in the room there. Martha is definitely one of the most talented songwriters I've ever worked with. Her sort of uh, ability to create a picture is uh, is, is stunning. So uh, this is got lots of winter imagery in it, and this is her name's December by Martha. I love the title yeah it's it's really special really special she she delivers that that idea the whole way through
3: my name is martha and i'm a 20 year old singer songwriter from the uk and you're about to listen to my debut single her name's december which charted at number one in the uk singer songwriter itunes charts i started singing in church when i was nine years old which progressed to me writing my own music by the age of 13 leading me to where i am today For me, the best thing about country music is the storytelling. I have two favourite country songs, which are More Hearts Than Mine by Ingrid Andress and Rainbow by Casey Musgraves. I hope you enjoy my single, and thank you for having me on the show today. Takes her last
5: leave
3: From her lover's widow tree I oh, sheets suffocate the lake Where lovers would row their woes away Her cold breath numbs you to the bone. turn to stone Her dark nights join closer day by day But the moon's light is a hope that never fades Cause she's a killer She's a thief Of a long lost summer I'll keep in memory. beautiful to me she's nothing sweet she hides her love in the snapping
6: of the knees
3: underneath your deep below, cause she's a killer, she's a thief, of a long lost summer, I hoped was ours to keep, to some she's beautiful, to me she's nothing sweet, she hides her laugh in the snapping off.
0: Guys, how's this year been for you? Because 132 like gigs last year and almost yeah. def- definitely definitely <laughs> nonsense lockdown unless you've done any virtually. Yeah. Um, have you managed to have you managed to sort of channel it within the creative process and get loads of songs written and yeah, know, Reddit, massively, Reddit,
2: Reddit massively. Drop again? Uh, you know, as I say, I'll, I'll probably speak for a lot of artists when I say you kind of got to look at the uh, at the silver lining in this. And I think I think there's two. I think the first thing is that you've got that kind of space and time to focus on things you otherwise wouldn't think of. So I was very fortunate that I signed my first publishing deal in the States during this period of time. Um, so that's oh, really? Right. Yeah. So I can't well, that is a I big deal yeah so that's kind of kept me like super busy um during this particular period of time um focusing on that writing for myself for other artists uh, over there who are you know their output is 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 massive so you're kind of you know so you're always pushed to be sending more stuff you know left right and center which is great um so but it's given you time to focus on you know specific things and you know coming back to that point is like you know it's given me tons of time to focus on songwriting and putting out stuff that you know, it's like a massive bulk of material to, to, to work from, which is great. And then sort of like, you know, I've done like loads of like rebranding and making sure like, you know, the, the, the logos and the aesthetics of everything that I'm putting out are like super tight, um, you know, all that, all that kind of stuff, really. And for, and for me, that's actually been super, super beneficial, merch, all those kind of things. It's The stuff that people kind of like don't, don't get as much time to think about when we're touring in, in the studio yeah. all the time. Um, exactly because yeah. i mean
0: 132 shows in 2019 and yeah, yeah that's absolutely amazing you're living the life you're getting out there you're generating you know um loads of new fans but it has given you that chance hasn't it to just sort mm-hmm. of like you say get all your ducks in a
2: row before hopefully hopefully we can uh get some live music again next year and this is it, man. This is it. You know, as I say, yeah, you know, it's uh, you know, a, a pain in the butt, but we come, we, we come back stronger, you know. As I say, I think, you know, my second point was, was, is very much that I think as a result of all these shows being cancelled, I think there's going to be a massive boom for, you know, for, for live music again. I mean, I played my first show yeah, since, since March, like the other day. Um, I had the Holmford Tavern host me and do a, sh- a show there. Uh, so was that in Bristol then? No, that's up in Holmforth, up by, sort of, between Manchester and Leeds. Oh, I know uh, In fact, Yeah, yeah, We're, yeah. Probably about twenty miles from me. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, yeah. So I, I got up there and managed to do a show, and it was it was you know sold out. I mean, I announced it a, a week before I was playing it. It was very much a last minute thing, and I got there and the venue and was sold out. So wow. like for, for me, that is like a great indicator for uh, I think what's to come. I think there's going to be a massive boom. I think there's going to be loads of like extra bookings, and I think there's going to be a massive appetite for it. Uh, when it kicks back in, so, sure so right. you know, the, yeah, I think the live scene was already sort of like you know quite quite buzzing for country music in the UK anyway. So I think this is just gonna you know em- emphasize it even more, which is uh, which is it you know, can only be a good thing for us guys, really.
0: Exactly, yeah. Um, just touching back to home first. That's um, last of the summer wine country. That's where that was filmed. Yeah, man, it's pretty. It's pretty <laughs> I can see why.
5: Yeah,
0: no, the bouncy and uh, compo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah looking forward then into into next year i think like you say i mean the anticipation for the live scene across all genres you know it's going to be it's going to be massive and i also think you're going to see a record number of albums released next year because i think so many people have been writing away and you know and and getting them songs down during this period that we're going to be influxed with loads of new music next year
2: Definitely, man. Definitely, you know. I think you're going to have a combination of, as you say, people writing tons of material, and obviously, you know, labels holding stuff back because they want artists to to tour off the back of it, which is you know yeah, fully understandable it. if they're investing so much in you know studio time, tour support, etc. So, uh, yeah, I think your fingers crossed is going to be a it's going to be a really really big one.
0: Yep. So next up, then we're going to hear a song by Lizzie Kate, and it's called "I Like the Way." So tell us why you chose this one
2: yeah so um i sort of met Lizzie um on she comes i do this thing on my instagram pretty much every month um i do this thing with danny mcmahon and friends um and i was recommended Lizzie, um and she came on uh, onto the instagram live we do like interviews and play you know play each other songs that we got going at the time and she she played me this before it came out um and she was she was like i'm really excited for this one um and um, she, we got a couple of like you know really strong mutual friends in in Nashville, um, and she just played me this one, and, and she played it to me instantly. I was like, that's a smash, uh, absolutely. Because one of those songs, you just hear it straight away, and you go, yeah, that is that is gonna that is gonna make it. And she's done amazingly well. Um, we're on the same PR roster now as well, which is really cool. So yeah, got a load of uh, got a load of sort of like uh, m- mutual friends, and mutual vibes, but more 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 than anything, I just absolutely love the song. Um, I think it's got a great hook, great vibe. She delivers it, you know. She's got like a, a real sort of uh, an authenticity about innocence in her voice, which kind of just carries the tune really well.
0: Let's hear it right now.
7: Hey everyone, my name is Lizzie Cates. I am a country artist in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I like to write songs about my feelings because I have a lot of them and I don't know what to do with them, so (laughs) I write songs. Um, I moved to Nashville about three and a half years ago from a place called Reno, Nevada, and I've been writing songs since I was about five years old, and I taught myself how to play guitar when I was 13, and I've always been in love with country music, and you know, I have a lot of other influences too. Uh, this song that you're about to hear is my newest single called I Like The Way. Um, I wrote this song with three of my closest friends, Kate Hastings, Josh Beal of the country duo Hastings Co., and my producer Robbie Artris. Uh I had brought this idea to Hastings Co. I had, I had just written down in my phone, I had, I like the way I like you, dash New York City. And Kate was like, we are writing that today. Um... <laughs> I, didn't, I knew that I wanted to write like a fun, upbeat love song, but at the same time, I also had a huge infatuation with New York City. Uh, I just liked the way that it was, you know, it keeps it guessing and you have to keep going and it's crazy, but it's also awesome and you really find yourself in it sometimes and you can start over it and it's kind of like, it felt like the beginnings of a new relationship. So we decided to take kind of like this metaphor uh, comparing to falling in love for the first time with someone to... Being in New York City, and um, I, I'm really excited about this song. This is called I Like the Way. I hope you like it. Like the changing lanes, running every red light. The way you're driving's got my mind in overdrive You handle my Corolla like a Maserati Then hit the brakes and make me spill my iced
3: coffee You just laugh and say I'm sorry, baby Sometimes you drive me crazy I like the way your hand fits Right in my back pocket Just one touch gets me going, I can't stop Undone, untangled. That was true. Ooh, I like the way I like you. I like the way. Hey, hey. you're unpredictable like New York City. Every street you keep me.
0: next up we are gonna hear the
2: song called do you remember by misha danny why did you chose this trap uh so misha is another one of my artists that i that i work with and she's been on an incredible journey i mean she and you'd never believe it when you hear this song she is she's 15 years old and she's so so mature wow. with her sort of songwriting and her, and her, and her approach is so you could be listening to someone who's who's 10 years older than that um again she's got that sort of like country americana theme running through her music she's very much uh, influenced by sort of a lot of the stuff her parents listens to so she's very much into like Cheryl Crow and people like that and again you can hear that influence come through so uh, this is, um, her, her record's out sort of um, a week after mine I believe so uh, this is uh, Do You Remember by Misha I
5: guess
3: I could say it was long ago You hold on. Guess a little part of me steals. Guess I should lock that part.
0: got your own record label puzzle maker studio and yeah man tell us a little bit more about that how did that come about and what was that before you started getting into the country scene or was was it when you were writing for for other people
2: it was man it was before i was doing it so i set puzzle maker up in like my last year of uni just before i left um so with that one i just really wanted to create I was so fed up, like, working working in, like, you know, retail all the time. And I just, like, you. I was kind of... I hated being at the peril of other people all the time. And obviously, like, you know, getting into the music industry so young. Like, I'd done some really cool stuff for, for my age like, at the time. But I was just, I felt I was always at the peril of someone else. And I was like, I just want to create a job. I don't want to have to do one for someone else. Um, that was kind of, like, my main, my main, you know thought process behind that so as I say I wanted to I'd had those experiences so young I didn't want other people to have to go through what I'd been through with like you know things happening but having no idea how or why it was happening I think it should always be like you know an educational experience and you know I think a lot of people are thrown into the music industry really you know really young um without the sort of like the understanding and the knowledge and the education with it really um, and that's kind of like yeah. what it's uh use as the, as the premise and the ethos for, uh, for Puzzle Maker and making sure that, you know, I mean, labels don't do artist development anymore. They just don't do it, it's, it's you know, they call it product management effectively you now, uh, which is a very different yeah, thing. Yeah. So uh, labels, you know, that, that they invest in an existing company that's, you know, turning money over basically. So that's kind of like, I wanted to be at that sort of like midway stage that artists weren't getting anymore um and sort of just help them on their way on their journey to uh to as i say to to, to, on the way on the road to success um whilst creating a product that was going to give them you know the chance to do so you know to get loads of radio play to get really great reviews to get to number one in the country charts what whatever their goals were were you know to, to to start with and facilitate that and make it sort of you know uh, make, make things that seem really unachievable when you first start out actually make them you know realistic goals and then succeed in you know in uh, in reaching those goals uh, so that was the that was the idea between, uh, behind puzzle Maker. it wasn't a country thing to begin with um i kind of had this mad idea that okay i'm going to be an artist let's see what works and let's see what doesn't and then all the things that did work basically integrate them into a into a business model for for, for new uk country artists coming through and you know we have done ever since and the kind of got a, a vibe that works now
0: and i think like you say because you've had your own experiences in the industry you can look at it on the personal level for the artist you're you're investing in the artists themselves not necessarily just in in, in you know in a finished product or the song you want to develop that person all the way yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly who would you like to work with that you've never had the chance to do so yet we oh. we know you've worked with some legends but if there was somebody you could you know you could pick out
2: yeah for me i think if i could have any for, for me it would be i think i'd love to write with the guys from old dominion any one of those guys i just love the way that they write matt ramsey probably in particular i'd love to write with him i love his like his like lyrical content and the way that he comes up with what he does and i go oh my gosh like I could have thought of that, but I didn't think of that. And that's what I love yeah. about him. That's what I love about him. Like a lot, a lot, a lot of the time the co- the content of what he's singing about is very relevant and it's pretty simplistic, but the way he delivers it, you know, metaphorically a lot of the time, is uh, is amazing. Um and production-wise, I'd love the opportunity to uh to work with Dan Huff as well as a as a producer, because obviously like, I'm a massive Keith Urban fan, and you know, he's kind of the guy that got Keith Urban uh on the route and obviously he works with like you know like to kane brown as well I, I love the way that those guys sort of push boundaries with their production um that's yep. a big that's a that's a big thing for me um you know as i say people who listen to my stuff it's it's, it's quite heavily produced and for, for me i love that i love exploring with ideas and concepts in the studio that you know m- most of the time wouldn't be wouldn't be considered and they kind of go yeah let's just put that in and you know let's create our own vibe our, our own sound and i, I, I think you know Keith Urban, you know, and Sam Hunt as well are two, like, great examples of that who just, like, push the boundaries all the time. Not everyone's a uh, cup of tea a lot of the time, but it, I think it's so important with everything that you make to sort of uh, progress and, 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 and grow. And I think, you know, let's say the stuff that uh, uh, Dan Huff works on is, is a great example of that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's like Keith Urban was such... He was like almost a crossover artist, wasn't he? A couple of years mm-hmm. ago. He was everywhere. Absolutely mm-hmm. everywhere, wasn't it? You know? Yeah so so next up we're gonna hear wanted by Brittany McLam. so we're gonna let you introduce it and tell us a little bit more about it
2: of course of course so um Brittany, again came on to um my danny mcmahon and friends and that's how we kind of we met and she showed me she Showed me the song, and I obviously I, I look when I'm when I'm talking to these artists and doing like like little interviews with them. I always check out their stuff, and again, she played Wanted, and I was like oh my goodness, like this is this could be you know if I shut my eyes, it's going to be a Carrie Underwood song. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah. And that's what I just loved, loved about it. it was again real, honest, authentic, and she just like sang the pants off it. So I absolutely adored this one. So uh, this is Wanted by Brittany McMahon.
6: Hey y'all, this is Brittany McLam all the way from Nashville, Tennessee, and you're about to hear my latest single, Wanted. This song is about being involved with someone that you have so desperately wanted to be different than the two-timers, the cheaters, the scumbags, you know, you name it, Um, and just to prove to be the one. And in this instance, that's not the case. So now it's time to move on. And you know what? It's their loss anyway. So yeah, I hope you like it. Phone lights up and I find it kind of funny that 2 a.m. is the only time that you call me up. Come and don't have to pick up to know exactly what you want yeah.
0: Okay, guys. So, welcome back to Danny McMahon's jukebox country night. So, Danny, if if you were in a in a pub in a you know we, we, we we're probably talking another six months before you can be in a pub, but if you were in a pub and you had a couple of quid and there was a jukebox in front of you and you just wanted to empty that money, empty that two quid in the jukebox, who are you going to play? Let's
2: say it's 50p a spin, so four tunes on a jukebox. Uh, Oh, man. Uh, Okay, let's go with somebody like you, Keith Urban. It's got to be in there. Nice, yes. Um, That's got to be in there. Um, House Party by Sam Hunt, that's got to be in there. Um, If we're in a pub, we've got to get the party started, so I'm I'm not going to go down my ballad route. I'm not going to send everyone to sleep. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I'm going to go um for me then i would go with probably hotel key by old dominion Again, okay, yes. nice. yeah. and then number four is gonna be i think it's got to be lose it by kane brown i absolutely love that way that that pumps like and i say it's, it's just one of the best live tracks i've ever heard as well so yeah it's got but I guess go with those four Nice,
0: yes. That'd be getting some some nice vibes in that book. <laughs> so, I mean, not necessarily uh, country music, but but bluesy and sort of folk uh, influenced. I've really been getting into Buffalo Springfield and Crosby still as a Nash the last couple of weeks. Nice. And really delving into their back catalogs. And um, I think there's one called uh, Weather to Fly on there, the Buffalo Springfield second album. It's just absolutely beautiful. Nearly about mm-hmm. that beautiful um so danny we know that you are of course from bristol glastonbury is just down the road Mm -hmm. so if you were michael Levis then or if michael evis asked you to curate glastonbury one year who would your main act be who would the headliners be Oh,
2: gosh. I'm going to lose well, a, to a lot of money, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've, you've got, oh, you've got an endless budget. Massive budget. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. Oh, it's got to be country headliners. It's got to be. It's, yeah, uh, it. has got to be. I would have... You've got to have Garth Brooks there one night. you just got to because he's just an okay. incredible entertainer. On the uh, Friday? Yeah, yeah. I think that would get people going. Um, I'd have... Florida Georgia Line on the Saturday, just to absolutely get the party started, that would just be yes. incredible. Um, and then, yeah, I'd have to, I'd have to have Keith on Sunday. I think Keith Urban on the Sunday, yeah, door.
0: yeah, nice. And then, so how about this Sunday afternoon, like Legend Slot? The Legend Slot, yeah. that's always amazing. The Legend Slot,
2: yeah, man. I mean, for me. I think it would have to be. I'd have to have like it would be George Strait for me. It would be like my absolute. He's like my country legend. Uh, Yeah, it's got to be George Strait. I mean, he's had like more number ones than I've had hot dinners. Like you can't, you can't knock that. You know, for 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 love nor money. So I would go. I'd go with George Strait in my legend slot, hundred percent. Brilliant. So, have you ever actually been down to Glastonbury? Yeah, so when I was when I was uh, a a little sprog, when I was seventeen, <laughs> I actually uh, a little sprog. <laughs> uh, Yeah, I um, I won a competition in Bristol to actually play on the BBC introducing stage at Glastonbury. So and oh, um, cool, cool. yeah, Mikey, Mike Mike Michael Lewis was one of the guys judging it. So I, he actually came up to up to me at the end of it and saying, "Well done, young man, great performance, <laughs> all that, all that." <laughs> All that kind of stuff, uh, and uh, yeah, so we, we got we got the chance to. Uh, I think we were going on. It was like a bunch of unknown bands, and I think on just after us was a Two Dollar Cinema Club, who have obviously like exploded since then. But wow. it was, uh, yeah. yeah, it was. So uh, what yeah, year yeah. was that then? Oh gosh, no charge. I think that was that must have been 2000, this, 2009, I think, or two thousand ten. Right. Uh, yeah. So. So yeah, it was. Uh, Hell of an experience for sure. You kind of when you're that age, you kind of don't realize kind of what it is you're doing and what you're taking on. But it was a amazing experience, as I say. Played to a, a, a nice full tent at the BBC introducing stage, and uh, then kind of uh, I can't remember who was. I was Blur headline in that year. That was uh, that was that was a good show. Good night. They
0: brought they brought Phil Daniels on, didn't they? In the part life. Yeah. Yeah, that was hell of a laugh. (laughs) Yes. So what was Michael Eavis like then? Obviously, you uh,
2: you met him. He's uh,
0: he's an absolute legend. Yeah. What were your experiences of him?
2: He was the coolest dude. He was so humbled. You would never, like, you know, he's rocked up in his, you know, in in his little shorts and sandals and a scraggy jumper. (laughs) Like, he doesn't, you know, give off uh, the the vibe of being, you know, uh, important or a millionaire. Do you know what I mean? He's just sort of... uh, So chilled, so relaxed, Um, and he 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 had time for everyone there. As I say, you know, we were all a bunch of uh, sort of like you know fresh face unsigned bands, really. But um, you know, him along with with the rest of the judging panel on the day were uh, really really humbling. Had the you know all the time in the world for us, and he he gave us some great advice.
0: Cool. So. I, I went there uh, 2017, so it was a couple of years after you, but it's just like, it's insane, is it? Like, they say, I mean, you're from Bristol, and they say it's as big as Bristol, it's absolutely massive. Like, you can be on the, the Pin-O-M-I stage, when elbow up on the, the little stage, over the Glastonbury Hill. Yeah. And then you've yeah, got like, yeah. you know, down to block nine, and, and
2: the other sort, like nightclub area, is it? yes. uh-huh. it's yeah, this place. Oh, dude, it's huge. Like you know, I remember saying, like you know, I think we booked an interview in after our show with um, with BBC Radio. Uh, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, it's fifteen minutes. How oh, were like, we were able to get there in fifteen minutes? I was like, what do you mean? What do you want? nice. <laughs> yeah. like, no, it's like it's like it's like <laughs> a half hour walk to get to the to the main stage from from where we were. I was like, what? but yeah. they, they were very very right like that was act, that's actually you know if you know anybody musicians out there if you ever get to play Glastonbury the most knackering part of the whole thing is actually doing the press afterwards because you've got like the huge hills and then you've got you know you're here there and everywhere um so yeah that was uh that was a hell of a that was a hell of an experience but i that's saying that's probably the most tired i've ever been was uh yeah but b- by the time i you know finished w- w- watching blur and uh been in the mosh pit for song two after doing that all day. I was de- definitely <laughs> ready <spreading> to bed. <laughs> i got my head changed.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the um, you can definitely get some good cider down there. Ooh, my yeah, so... last <laughs> Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay, so we're going to hear another song now, and it's called There I Was by Daniel Borge. Over to you, Daniel
2: with this tune like i absolutely uh d- dig everything that daniel's doing like yeah i think we've kind of got like uh the same kind of like idea same kind of direction um and like you know he's trying to get over to nashville and kind of like push european music over in the states um which is a vibe you know as a, in itself and i just i love to think everything that he does with his production and uh Sings the pants off this tune. So, yeah, this is There I Was by Daniel Borch. Hey guys,
4: this is Daniel Borch, and this is one of my singles, There I Was. A little bit of blue neon was bouncing off the side of that ball. Halfway through the third song, them run around, boys, I can't wait, I forgot them, but I never thought I could get knocked out from across the way, but just like that, there I was. Watching you laughing, you around there spinning, turning heads, missing around like the Texas wing. All of them stand still, seconds in time cause I'm not just right, that you never wanna end In that minute, we were standing all alone Blind long time, but I knew right then that I had to do something And I never thought I could get stopped in my tracks in my head, Like a deer in the headlights, feels like that There I was What's a new avenue around there spinning, turning here We well like the Texas wind What all that? Still seconds in time Tell her not just right But you never wanna end In that minute We were standing all alone same time kind of not just right if you never want it
0: Okay, well, Danny, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on, mate. Thank you very much. No worries, thanks for having me, dude. Yeah, no problem. So we're gonna end with your brand new track and it's called Best Worst Habit. I love that title, Best Worst Habit. Thank so you, man. What what would you what would be your best worst habit then? oh goodness me <laughs> uh, i'll put you on the spot now
2: i guess i i guess some days being a musician's the best worst habit in itself you know sometimes it's uh i of a lot of hard work but then you just they wouldn't know what to do uh you know what else to do really as i say i think that's that's what drives me through it you know sometimes you have those moments especially when, when you're on the on the way up and sort of like trying to break through you have those moments where like why on earth am i doing this you know i always go back to that one moment when i was you know Stood outside on the street, sort of, uh, I think it was like 2017 when I first started doing it. And it was freezing cold. I had 32 mp P in my case and I didn't even have enough for a cup of tea uh, in Greggs. And I thought, what on earth am I doing this for? But, you know, it worked out. So uh, that's always my little story. I, uh, I, I tell people in that in that moment when, uh, you know, as I say, that like, it kind of felt a bit like it then. As far as, far as a, a, a habits concerned, you know, as a music with kind of, I just loved it too much not to give it up, you know. Yeah, and they're
0: the stories that make you, aren't
2: they? Like you say, they're the the,
0: the stories that you can draw influence on when you look back on them and, yeah. Straight up, man. Okay, so over to you to introduce it. Playing us out tonight, Danny Mann with his new single. Thank you very much and we hope to speak to you again soon. Danny McMahon. Thank you, my
2: friend. So I'm Danny McMahon and this is my brand new single out on the 13th of November, available to pre-order now from the iTunes store. And this is Best Worst Habit.
1: It's safe to say that I've got a problem I suffer with a habit I just can't kick I know you're no good for me And it's funny I will quickly There's a three And I'm stuck in sheets It's like a bottle in my hand I can't let go Like a whiskey burn you can't control The buzz is near but the guilt gets old. You're my So, baby, just not have it. Mm-hmm. You're my best